coming to you live from Isla Nublar, it's the 10 Point Podcast. My name is Bruce. Quiet, all of you that are approaching the Tyrannosaur Podcast. <laughs> With me on the tour of the park this week, you'll have to get used to him. He suffers from a deplorable, excessive personality. It's Chris. Life finds a way. <laughs> <laughs> and secondly, the lack of humility he displays staggers me. It's Andy. That's true. I've just remembered, I forgot my awesome hat that I was going to wear during this podcast. <laughs> Your Jurassic Park hat. I, I had a Jurassic that. Park hat. It would fit on with a headset anyway, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to go raptor hunting. <laughs> oh, right, yeah. Just like Muldoon. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're the 10 Point Podcast. You can find us at 10pointpodcast.com. All your podcast feeds, social networks, Facebook and Twitter, we're 10 Point Podcast and those. And over on YouTube where you can see video versions of the podcast. Andy and I, earlier in the week, did a podcast on Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. We did it without Chris, because he hadn't seen it yet, so we didn't want to spoil it for him. Uh, and we don't want to spoil it for you, so don't watch that if you want to, if you don't want to be spoiled on the film. See the film first, then watch us praise and also tear apart the film in probably equal measure, uh, yeah. not to give away... I've seen a lot of spoiler-free stuff in the, the mixed reviews. There's no such yeah. thing as a spoiler-free review. Impossible. But yeah. I mean, like, I haven't, like, the titles would be like it's one of the reasons why Chantel couldn't write a review for our website because she's like how to write about this film (laughs) it's hard to review something like this nowadays especially because the kind of film it is but anyway there's a whole 30 minute ish podcast on it from with with me and Andy if that's your sort of thing yeah Uh, fuck Chris (laughs) maybe at some point in the future Chris will see something uh, (laughs) eventually one day you'll see something Netflix original he'll be there Friday so <laughs> that's what Andy and I have been watching in the last week. What has Chris been watching in the last week? <laughs> Not been watching it. Oh no, uh, Mark in the Middle. I've started a Mark in the Middle view <laughs> watch. Classic. I really love it. What inspired that? What, 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 uh, what took you to that place? I don't know. It was just uh, I found it on Disney. I was like, Do you know what? I don't remember watching all this. So I'm it's a banger. It. It's, 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 uh, still, it's still good. How like, is hands down the best thing in that? Like, that's literally that, how I imagine you being a dad, by the way. Oh, I, I, I'm taking loads of parenting skills from this now. I I'm found ways to grind my kids in every new possible. <laughs> I bet you, when you were younger, I bet you loved either Malcolm or one of the other kids. The oh no, I always liked Hal because he's 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 kind of like he's fun. He's the dad you always wanted. Right. Okay. Uh, I think I've probably seen maybe half of Malcolm in the Middle, but I only ever watched them once when they were new back in the day. Like I've never ever turned. Never thought, oh, I'll turn that back on again. Uh, I've never done what Chris is doing essentially. Yeah. Ah. Uh, Watch it over and over Chris again. wants so to go good. roller skating right. through the park. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen that. Yeah, I've seen that before. Uh, anything you want to add, Andy? We did not destroy a whole podcast or anything else. Did a whole one. I, w- I went and watched uh, everything, everywhere, and all at once. I think it's called. Yes. Uh-huh. The film. Uh, uh, what you got? Multiverse of Madness could have been. Allegedly. Yes, basically, it's. Uh, oh, that's like with Michelle Yeoh or whatever it's called. Yeah, Michelle Yeoh and Kelly King Hong or whatever he's called from. Uh, the Goonies podcast we did, whatever, I can't remember his name. Oh, um, all right, okay, is he in that? I didn't realise he was yeah, in yeah. that. Um, okay. So it's basically his 11th film that he's ever done. He did Indiana Jones, Goonies, some random stuff. The Goonies remake, which was basically set in Hawaii a couple of years ago for Netflix, and then this. I've missed that. It's not actually like proper true Goonies remake, but it is pretty much, right. it's Goonies in Hawaii is how I call right, that film. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's I went and watched it. Uh, it People like me, I need to give you a warning. It's 50 50 in Mandarin and English. Right. Do not be fooled by the trailers, which are all in English, including bits that are in Sorry. Mandarin in the film. Like, ah. scam alert, just uh, doing, doing <laughs> my citizen's advice bit there. 
<laughs> so, uh, but yeah, um, Jamie Lee Curtis as well. It's it, it's the right. I looked at Chantelle at the end of the film, and she just turned around to me because she really wanted to see it. Massive Michelle Yeoh fan. She just went, "I'm sorry," and I just looked at. Her, I went, "Yeah," because I didn't know if I hated it or not. And I walked out. Oh, right. I walked out, and like Chantelle, Chantelle's like, "You hated that film." I was like, "I don't know." Like, genuinely, I know, like there are some bits that are they're so fucked up. Like it is amazing. Like I can't even say what it is because it's you just have to go in and watch it and just go, did I see that? And it's amazing. There, there's bits that are just like holy shit. This is the the best cinema I've seen in years. And then you switched in going, fuck me, this is a two and a half hour long film. And then it's like, then then I'm like, I watched Doctor Strange. This is better than Doctor Strange. This has got like a million multiverses in it. Like <laughs> this is this is what Doctor Strange should have been. And then you're like, oh for fuck's sake, I've got I'm only an hour in. Like it was it was literally like that. It was all over the shop. Um and it was done by the Russo brothers produced it as well. So um some some talent in there, talent all the way through that film. Uh, but you guys have to watch it because I I if we did a podcast on it, I don't even think I can review it. Because <laughs> yeah. it's it's all over the shop. If I do go and see it, I won't reserve an extra half hour for you. I wouldn't because I don't think I can explain it. And <laughs> and and there's bits in it that will just they will break Chris. Chris has this certain funny fuse, and there's about four bits in the film where I was just like, Chris would actually be crying right now. He'll be he'd be on the floor dying. I was gonna say that, might, that fucked up part reminded me. I actually did watch a film, The Acid House. I fell asleep and woke up to a certain point in this film. Of, do you know that baby in train spotting? But it's crying right. on, the ceiling. Yeah, on the ceiling. Yeah. There's a baby in this, which is twice as fucked up. It's a talking <laughs> baby, and it's supposed to be like this film that um, Scott set in Scotland. The uh, people on acid. I think it's done by the same writer that did train spotting. Something Welsh. I can't remember his name now. But it's it Welsh. That's it. Yeah, it is fucked up. <laughs> uh, so yeah, waking up to a talking baby just threw me off completely. <laughs> Especially when you have a baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, aye. So, uh, watch Acid House. It'll, uh, you'll think you're on Acid. Yeah. And well, and uh, everything everywhere all at once Yeah, I, well, I so came out pretty... thinking I took some serious mushrooms. Right. <laughs> like, I've never took right. mushrooms, but that's exactly how I imagine mushrooms are. As you think it'll be. Right, we better crack on before we talk about uh, any more films. I have nothing else to add beyond Doctor Strange. Have a listen to that. So, point number one on the podcast is what is the point? The point this week, the 1993 action-adventure sci-fi thriller Jurassic Park, as Andy said. Brought to us by Universal Pictures, we've done a whole bunch of things before. Some examples, Jaws, The Blues Brothers, Howard the Duck, The Burbs and Tremors, they all came before Jurassic Park. And after Jurassic Park, it made Street Fighter, Casper, Waterworld and The Mummy. (laughs) Universal, Jesus. I don't know if it was better before or after. Yeah, Uh, and also... Uh, produced by Amblin Entertainment, Steven Spielberg's production company. We've done them before. They produced The Goonies and they produced Casper as well. So we have done both. Written by Michael Crichton. He did the novel and then the screenplay for Jurassic Park. Uh, he wrote such things that were put into TV shows and films and all that as The Andromeda Strain, Westworld, Jurassic Park, ER, the TV show, which kind of stands out, Twister and Sphere. I put Sphere at the end because I, I, I remember watching that film at cinema. <laughs> Uh, but the screenplay was also co-written by David Cope, or Cope, K-O-E-P-P, 
David Cape. Uh, he's actually got quite a lot of credits to his name here. So he did Death Becomes Her before Jurassic oh, Park. Yeah, and he did The Lost World as well. And then throughout the 90s and 2000s, he did Carlito's Way, Mission Impossible, Start of Echoes, which I, it was one of his famous things, but I don't really know it too well. Panic Room, the first Spider-Man film that Andy and I mentioned briefly on the last podcast. Uh, War of the Worlds, the Tom Cruise one. Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And then Angels and Demons and Inferno, the, the two uh, Tom Hanks films from the 2012. So again, all over the place with all these different genres that he's written for. He wrote Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, as mentioned. Uh, a lot of famous films. You may have heard of at least about 20 of these. Uh, Duel, Jaws, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, all the Indiana Jones films, E.T., Hook, Jurassic Park and The Lost World, Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan, Minority Report, Catch Me If You Can, Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, Ready Player One, and most recently, West Side Story. Steven Spielberg, quite a good director, has done quite a lot of films. Chris has not heard of the West Side Story. That well, was I've a... heard of it. I didn't realise it was him that did it. Ah, it was him. He did that, yeah. Uh, okay, Jurassic Park stars as Dr. Alan Grant, Sam Neill. Uh, and he's one of these actors where I'm like, ah, Sam Neill. And I realise I don't know what I've seen him in because I know him from Jurassic Park. I was really <laughs> close to picking this for my uh, best of British because I was certain he was British. <laughs> yeah. Australian? Really? Northern yeah. Ireland, I think he's from. Oh, is he? Yeah. Is he? Well, I could have done it. Really? Oh, is, is, yeah. Well, not Northern Irish is British, so it would have counted if he You could have just picked John Hammond and Fitch Bruce thing. Yeah, I know. It's Fitch my category with, uh, with John Hammond. <laughs> uh, so, Sam Neill, uh, The Hunt for Red October, The Piano, the same year as Jurassic Park, I thought it was quite a good double header uh, for uh, award seasons. He was in critically acclaimed Piano, major <laughs> blockbuster of the Jurassic Park back to back in the year 1993. Uh, he also came back for Jurassic Park 3. And then after that, Event Horizon and Hunt for the Wilder People seem to be the most successful films that he was in. I forget about his absolute bang of a role in uh, Thor 3. Yeah, <laughs> I, had, I had written that as well. I had it, I had it uh, in my notes that he was... Uh, he played Odin, didn't he? Yeah. In, in Thor Ragnarok. I did not know that was him until I looked at the, the credits. <laughs> when the fuck was Sam Neill in it? Uh, co-starring as Dr. Ellie Sattler. I had to look her name up. I've watched this film a good few times before. I don't think I've ever clocked what her name is uh, in the film. Dr. Ellie Sattler. Uh, Laura Dern. Uh, famously, was in, was in Mask. Not The Mask, but the film Mask. Uh, then she was in Blue Velvet before being in Jurassic Park. And she also came back for the third one. Other things you may have seen her in. Wild, Star Wars The Last Jedi, Marriage Story, where she won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress, and she was in the most recent Little Women uh, version that was in cinemas. And I jumped Jeff Goldblum, we've had him before, because I think this might be our best chance to say, as John Hammond, Richard Attenborough. I don't think we've had too many Richard Attenborough films if he was next in the credits. Famous for, certainly for me, The Great Escape, and that is probably his most famous role outside of this that I've ever seen him in. Uh, and then the Sand Pebbles, a film from a way back when, apparently was one of his most famous ones. Can't say I am too uh, knowledgeable on it. And then something I wasn't aware of: he had zero acting credits between 1979 and 1993, because he just became a director and started directing things. One Best Director and Best Picture at the Oscars for Gandhi when he made that, and then unretired from acting to play John Hammond in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Uh, after... He is the original Santa Claus for me. Exactly, and then he made you, Miracle of I need to interrupt for some breaking news. So you know how I've got like we've got this uncanny thing of uh, <laughs> God, right, yeah. picking stuff. So London Film and Comic Con, obviously a convention I used to work for, they've just announced Ariana Richards. 
Lit- literally, like, as we started this podcast, it literally just came up, and it's like, that's amazing. It's also, I'm assuming, the reason that you picked this is that you've met her and others before as well. Yeah, I've, I've met her and Sam Neill, so they're, they're yeah, my two. So, like, we wouldn't be doing this podcast if she hadn't been at a And she's coming event. back now, so she, she might win yeah. awards. We need to make her win yeah. awards. Ah, good for get her nominated. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, John, ha- uh, John Hammond. Richard Attenborough finished with Miracle on 34 Street. It was basically the last big thing that he acted in. Uh, but yeah, I'm unaware of his 14-year gap where he wasn't acting in the middle. Back to Jurassic Park. On a budget of $63 million, obviously 1993 money, but I still think that's an underestimate. I think there must Aye. have been far more money. Like, promotion-wise, must have doubled that. Opened in the US for $47 million. Final US gross, $404 million. Final worldwide gross of Jurassic Park, and I think the first time I've ever said this, $1.1 billion. Oof. I think this is our first billion dollar. I could be well, wrong. Remember what I said on Doctor Strange? Let's make Jurassic Park films. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they fuck, are. Fuck uh, crypto. I, 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 Jurassic Parks are ever depleting returns, though. We'll soon find out, I imagine. Uh, but yeah, I think it's the first billion dollar we've ever done, because even Star Wars didn't hit a billion. Uh, Jurassic Park first released the 11th of June 1993, made it eligible for the 1994 awards season. I have tried to abbreviate this as much as possible. So... 1994 Oscars Jurassic Park was mentioned. It had three nominations. It won all three of them. Best Sound, Best Sound Effects Editing, and Best Visual Effects. At the 1994 BAFTAs, it won the vote for Most Popular Film, uh, and it was had two nominations. One Best Special Effects, but it lost Best Sound to The Fugitive, which came out that year as well. 1994 MTV Movie Awards. Three nominations. Nominated for Best Action Sequence, The T-Rex Jeep Scene. It lost to the train wreck from The Fugitive, which, I mean, that's a pretty good scene in The Fugitive, in all honesty. Because <laughs> it's like, fuck, I can't even remember it. It's, that, no. it's, kind oh, of it good. it's good. It's good. It's not massively important. It's not a fucking T-Rex chasing a Jeep. Good. I know. Look at it. Right behind that, just heat. Oh, they're chasing Jeep. Oh, they mean destroying the Jeep. I think it's an after chasing when it. uh, it comes in the back. That is uh, Goldblum's best acting I've ever seen. Amazing. <laughs> Must go faster. Must go faster. Second nomination at the MTV Movie Awards was Best Villain. Who, who do you think the Best Villain nominee was? John Hammond. Andrew. <laughs> the T-Rex. <laughs> 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 uh, did not win, though. Oh. Somehow, somehow, Alicia Silverstone from The Crush was worse. I've never heard of that film. <laughs> so, apparently... Uh, T-Rex can't even win a bloody award. <laughs> yeah. How can she be worse than a T-Rex? <laughs> I, need to, I need to watch this film and see what happens. Exactly. Uh, and speaking of films I need to watch, because this comes up quite regularly, nominated for Best Movie, Jurassic Park was, and it lost. It lost to Menace to Society, uh, one of these legendary, out of nowhere, how the hell did Jurassic Park, ju- the Jurassic Park, not win Best Movie of the Year at the Movie Awards? Menace to Society. It's not great. Uh, foul mouthed kind of urban drama set and I think in California in the mid 90s and all that sort of one the, the list of nominees for best movie that year are hilarious it's Menace to Society, Jurassic Park I think The Fugitive and then Schindler's List in Philadelphia <laughs> it's like whoa what about one end to the other <laughs> tell you what I, I used to respect MTV but after that Jesus they can go suck one it's the one <laughs> If you look through the, the winners of the award throughout the 90s, it's like blockbuster, 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 menace society, blockbuster, blockbuster, blockbuster. It's, it's mental. Uh, but of course, the one award ceremony we all care about is the 1994 Saturn Award. Clean the house. Uh, I was going to say, if this isn't a clean sweep, then 
Steven Spielberg won the President's Award, which seems to be like a special award for someone who did really well in the last however long. I don't know if it was a yearly or a decadely sort of thing, but Spielberg got a special award. 11 nominations for Jurassic Park. Best Costumes. Didn't jump at me. Lost. Two. Hocus Pocus. Activate Crap. He does love titties. Best Music. Jurassic Park. This is this is one. I know someone will, will be like, what? And they'll be like, ah, okay. So it lost. This did. Press music. But it won to the Nightmare Before Christmas. What won was the Nightmare Before Christmas. All right, so I was surprised, but yeah, it makes sense. Best yeah. Special Effects. Jurassic Park won, of course. Best Performance by a Younger Actor. Both Ariana Richards and Joseph Mazzello were nominated. Neither won. Elijah Wood in The Good Son uh, won Best Act Performance by a Younger Actor. Ah, since you brought up Timmy, I had no idea that was... Uh... Roger Deacon from uh, Human Rhapsody. Ah, is it? I don't know. John Deacon, don't you? Rather than John Deacon, Roger. That's Roger Taylor. Aye. Roger Taylor, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really, I did not know that. Also, but before we go any further, I talked about uh, Ellie Statler. Can either of you tell me what Ariana Richards' character's name is? Nah. What? For what? <laughs> what is Ariana Richards' character's name? In ah, uh, Lex. Yeah, well, there you go. I, like, oh, I, yes. Again, another I'd completely like Timmy. I kind of remembered because it says his name quite a lot, but she must get name checked at most twice in this. Thank you, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I had no idea. Best supporting actor, two nominees again: Jeff Goldblum and Wayne Knight, both nominated for best supporting actor. Neither one. Lance Hendrickson from Hard Target won. Oh, that's a good one. Okay. Yeah. Best actress, Laura Dern. She was nominated. She lost, and I actually burst it laughing around. She lost to Andy McDowell in Groundhog Day, <laughs> which famously the worst thing in that film. Uh. And the, the, three at the end here. It won all three of these, so it was successful, really. In the, it won Best Writing, Best Director, and Best Science Fiction Film. Oh, big ones. So it came away with only four of its 11 nominations, but it, it did pretty well either way. Synopsis of Jurassic Park, written by Amit. Uh, I dodged Nick's this week. <laughs> uh, Nick had written one. This one was. Uh... I think of all the dinosaur names in Latin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, this one's a, a bit, lot, a bit more in depth. Uh, I think so. Amit gave us this. On Isla Nublar, a new park has just been built with genetically engineered dinosaurs. Tragedy strikes when one of the workers is killed by a velociraptor. The founder of the park, John Hammond, requests paleontologist Dr. Alan Grant and his assistant Dr. Ellie Sattler come to the park and ensure that it is safe. Also joining them are Hammond's lawyer, Donald Gennaro, and chaotician Dr. Ian Malcolm. When they reach the island, they are amazed to discover that Hammond has created living dinosaurs. However, at the same time, they all have their doubts. Later, Hammond's grandchildren, Lex and Tim, join the group in a tour of the park. Sattler leaves the tour to take, to take care of an ill triceratops. It's a bizarre sentence when you think about it. Uh, soon the power in the park is shut down by computer systems geek Dennis Nedry, who wishes to steal embryos from the park to sell to a secret buyer. In the process, many dinosaurs escape their paddocks, including the deadly Tyrannosaurus Rex, who, during a thunderstorm, escapes his paddock and attacks the children and eats Gennaro. Malcolm is injured and Grant and the children are then lost in the park. Meanwhile, Hammond, Sattler, and the rest of the operations team learn that Nedry, who in the meantime has been killed, has locked up the computer system to cover his tracks. They attempt to get power back in the park in order to escape the island. 
After shutting down the system, then restoring it, the group realizes that Velociraptors are also on the roost, on the roost, on the loose, <laughs> and are now on the hunt for the visitors. I don't know why Ahmet decided to tell nine tenths of the film. <laughs> And then stop the a cliffhanger at the end. Oh, the Velociraptors are out there. Yeah, well, you got to watch the film and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's most of what happens in Jurassic Park. Who picked? It was Andy. Andy, why did you pick Jurassic Park? It's a banger. <laughs> it, it fits my theme, and I've been wanting to do Jurassic Park for a while, because who doesn't like dinosaurs? Uh, I've been on that list for a while as well. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Uh, have we seen it before? I saw it in the cinema. Did you guys see it in the cinema? Nope. No. I was too young. Oh. Were you? Hi. What, what rating? Was this a PG? It was a, this is higher than a PG. I don't know. It would only be uh, six, seven. Yeah, I'd be yeah. six. Ah. See, yeah. I, I, right, I remember this film. I remember it coming out, and uh, my mum would have worked at the garage for the, the video rentals. So I remember getting it. And then, like, I remember it being a thing. Like, it was one of them things where, like, merchandise seemed to come out before I knew it was a film. So I remember having a T-Rex lunchbox with Jurassic Park on it. I had that. Hadn't seen the film. And then obviously I seen the film. And then my friend Callum, I used to like go and do sleepovers all the time there. So yeah, him and his brother had like proper big house. Rich, rich cunts as I would call them nowadays. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I remember being the most jealous I've ever been. So I'd seen this film, I was like, I like this film, this dinosaurs. I've got a lunchbox. I'm already I'm one up. I think my mum even bought me like Jurassic Park trainers at one stage because I got right into this film. I went into like their their um, thing. They got new beds. Jurassic Park beds. They could ah, either be do the covers. No, 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 not just do the covers on the bed. Ah. They could they could they could be either stacked bunk bed style. So and but it had like a big massive like wooden thing, but it was a, a Velociraptor, and you could press a button on the headboard and it would roar like a Velociraptor. Um, and I remember oh, being the most then? jealous I've ever been in my life of just. <laughs> Because he had the Velociraptor beds, but then he had, you know, the kind of black, red, and yellow, like, the logo cover. type thing on the right, cover. Yeah. He had the covers and Velociraptors. And oh. I was like, I want that. Like, I was, I, I was so jealous. Yeah. And I never even got to sleep on them because that was, like, his big brother's <laughs> Neil's um, bedroom. So right, he had yeah. them. And I was just like, okay, yeah, Calum just had standard beds. It was shit. Oh. But yeah. Well, yeah. I, I most like jealous I've ever been in my life. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I had a lunchbox as well. I remember when when the uh, Goldblum says it in the films. Like, yeah, I, I, I think it was blue. I think my one. I remember rightly. I remember um, having nightmares from this film. I used to wake up in the middle of the night and think it was a dinosaur in my window. But I used to just run into the bathroom, run back, and that was it. Was that even before the Lost World? Because that literally happened yeah. in the Lost World, doesn't well, it? Well, see, the, the Lost uh, World. Like, since we're talking about it, we I used to have a housemate who was terrified to poop on toilets with windows because <laughs> of the Lost World. She had a proper dinosaur phobia. Um, so she she likes like and when 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 the uh, Jurassic Park the Lost World um, not the Lost World the other one Jurassic World came out right Jurassic World she right. she like she went to the cinema and watched that maybe fifty times it was un- insane because she'd finally got over her dinosaur fear but she genuinely would have to cover the window when she was on the toilet if she was pooping because a dinosaur eye a T Rex <laughs> came up to the window. <laughs> Uh, okay then, uh, which channel will we find this on? I think it's another one every channel. ITV. It's a BBC one. Oh, okay. <laughs> every channel. <laughs> uh, and which version? We all watch the same version, really. The actual film the set itself is the same. The credits are changed in a couple of versions, and the Chinese version tones down the violence. Like, you, doesn't, you don't see him getting eaten by the ty- Tyrannosaurus of the toilet in the Chinese version. But, yeah. yeah. 
Sorry. <laughs> it's for TV as well. If, if, I don't see the point you should have filmed before 9 o'clock if you're going to edit it. Ah, okay, <laughs> I don't know. There's a lot of stuff, like the Raptors as well. You'll see them jump and then they'll go to a different scene. And you ah, okay. Right. But we watched the, the normal version. Uh, all the other ones uh, that we watched. Oh, all we watched was the, the normal one, I should say. Uh, on to point two, I think. Is that where I am? And my notes got completely <laughs> lost. Point two on the podcast is the high points. What the best bits and things were about the film? Andy, why don't you leave us off? Dinosaurs. Yeah. It's got dinosaurs. I'll you know, you know, you know your thing you're ever going to bring up? Never not good. Dinosaurs. Yeah. It's dinosaurs. I suppose, yeah, it's, it's definitely something. I, I don't know. There has, well, I put that, actually, Jurassic World 2 uh, proves that that can be bad without, with uh, with dinosaurs. Nope. Say. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Just every dinosaur in this film plays its part well. That's that's, that's the high point. My very first one, the, Brachy, the Brachiosaurus one. Huh. Oh. Like, Even I remember like, kind of scenes, like, like Bruce got the glory amazing. to see it in cinema. I seen it on video and I still remember watching it on TV going, they're real. Like, I think as yep. a kid, I didn't, didn't have a concept CGI. This thing just looked real. And like, even watching it on 4K Blu-ray, it still looks pretty good for, like, yeah. you can see it's a bit, like, it's a bit out there. There's better I'm ones out there. Uh, the but CGI nine, is better than stuff from today. Yeah, yeah, 1993 is still pulling up better special effects than today. You're right, 100%. And you I remember looking to tell the difference between the animatronic T Rex and the CGI yeah. T Rex. Like they're almost that, flawless. That one behind Andy, the way that it just shifts from being yeah. CGI to animatronic so quickly, you, it is amazing. You can't tell. It's absolutely brilliant. So yeah, dinosaurs play their part extremely well in this film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The uh, yeah, the, the first sighting one is one of my high points. Oh, it, I was amazed. Like yeah. when you first see it, it's the, you'll watch it like then you're like. Oh my god, there's so it's, like, it's yeah. that and it's like the music. Like I'll bring the music up as a high point. It is the most overused same song ever. However, they keep picking different bits of the film. Yeah. Like different yeah. parts of the f- song in the film is that it works. Like just the yeah. chopper coming down, it's like, oh it's getting good, yeah. and then and then it just goes really slow and then just it builds up to that scene we're all talking about where you get to see the brachiosaur. It's just like, oh my god, it's a fucking massive dinosaur. It's amazing. And it just yeah. it fits. Steven Spielberg goes over the top as well, but it does. We're, we're happy with just seeing the dinosaur, dinosaur. It makes it go up and then like, come down and just yep. make everything shake as if it's yeah. real. And I was like, <laughs> I wish Chris dinosaur was real. Yeah, we're, I used we're to be able to play the <laughs> on the piano. Yeah, that's what I did in music class. <laughs> Schools go. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're flying through some of my early high points that I had as well. A couple that we've jumped over is I really like the opening scene, which I, I've never actually clocked before. The I really like it when the films use uh, a viewer's expectation against them. So the beginning of the film is rustling trees, it's kind of growling noises and all that, and so everyone's like, "Oh, it's a dinosaur!" Because we're coming to see Jurassic Park. Because I know actually it's a forklift. <laughs> so yeah. I, I quite like the films do that. See, I, I like that. every single time I watch this film, I forget that scene as a scene. I always yeah. think it starts with them on a dig site. I always forget yeah. the raptor yeah. scene is first, every single time. Uh, and this one, I, I don't know if I've really in, I enjoyed it more, this viewing through, with Hammond in the caravan being all excited and getting them to come. Like, I thought it was, Richard Attenborough was really good in that scene, being all excited and popping the, the champagne. and like It's all one take as well. There's not much in the way of cutting away from it, so I, I really enjoyed that scene. And then we covered all the, the dinosaur stuff there. Uh, again, I've got uh, lunchbox thing. My next so, one is uh, Mr. DNA nearly helped me pass my biology at school. <laughs> <laughs> like, there wasn't enough questions, wasn't any questions on dinosaurs though, but I remember like the CG, uh, what was it, sizing 
guanine, thiamine, and adenine. <laughs> All because of this film. There you go. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a 23-minute actual thing on YouTube you can actually watch from Mr. DNA. The whole, like, the tour. <laughs> the, the video, actual yeah. tour, yeah. Somebody's actually, like, apparently they actually filmed it, so they piece bits in together. Right, yeah, there's yeah. a whole 23-minute scene of Mr. DNA, which would be the tour you got to see. Uh, in terms of a, a filmmaking high point, I very much enjoyed the storm becoming more and more present in the film as it goes through. Like, it's very much in the background because it's a nice day. But then the film is happening, but in the background of the film, there's announcements being happening and, like, Samuel Jackson's checking the weather and all of that. I quite enjoy it. And then all of a sudden, it becomes vitally important at the most important time when they're like they're at the T-Rex pen. So See, I do like a, an impending yeah. doom collision in a film. So this one's really for the fun. longest time, right, my next high point is for the longest time has been a low point in this film. But it's now turned into a high point. And it is the scene where, right, strap in, you're about to go see some dinosaurs. You're about to go on, you get in the car. That whole thing, the interaction with the kids and that works. But then you've got this like weird 15, 20 minutes of just nothing happens. Yes. And I always hate, I was like, this is the worst part of this film. However, like, the more I watch it, I was like, this works because it's making them all pissed and I'm pissed with them because I'm not getting to see the dinosaurs. This tour is actually yeah. shit. And then, like, but yeah, for the longest time, I've always hated that 20 minute chunk of this film until they go and get some T Rex, uh, not T Rex, uh, thingy Triceratops poo. Oh, something's yeah. happening. Yeah. But yeah, yeah you've I love seen... that in the climax. You just you're like you're like oh going to this tour with them. You're like oh yeah, here we go, yeah. dinosaurs. And there's nothing. You're so disappointed. Yeah. But for the longest time, I would say that was my lowest point. But I've actually turned it into a high point because it make like it does it, it actually works. I think that's what obviously they were trying to do. Yeah, it puts it's, you in the film. Yeah. Yeah, but for the longest time, I always hated that scene. But I've came to appreciate that scene now. <laughs> Good, glad to hear it. Uh, Chris, any high points from you? Uh, my next one is the best part in the entire movie. That scene behind Andy. The arrival oh. of the T Rex. It, it is, is oh, amazing. Yep. It, I, I, I generally like. I don't know how to do it. Like from the quietness of just seeing it sitting there in the rain, and all he was like, "Oh, where's the goat?" And you're like, "Where is the goat?" There's been no noise, so where is the goat? And then yep. splat. <laughs> and it's so <laughs> perfectly done that it foregoes the biggest movie mistake in cinema history, which coming up later on. Which yeah, we'll get on to, but yeah, it's so good that. That movie mistake, I don't give a shit. Yep. The uh, this is the first time I've noticed that there is like absolutely no music ever in that bit. Like yeah. the whole thing is all sound effects, which really makes that the totally fabricated dinosaur roar, T Rex roar, which is an epic, famous movie sound now. Yeah. It makes it so much bolder and stronger because there's nothing else going on around. I remember getting and my five point one surround sound system and just putting that scene on. <laughs> <laughs> I was blown away. The, uh, the 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 water in the cups as well. The, 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 I think that's just the most famous image from the entire film. Is the, but yeah, the T Rex attack. Oh, fact, there was a guitar that did that. Well, the T Rex. Oh, the, the, the water. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. They strummed the guitar and it made it go perfectly so, vibrate like a footstep. So the T the T Rex um, is made up of a dog, a penguin, a tiger, an alligator, <laughs> an elephant. Those vicious yeah. animals, penguins. Yeah, that's what they wrote. So yeah. If you combine all of those sounds together, I don't know if it's mating sounds or aggression sounds, whatever, makes a T-Rex roar. There you go. Fun yeah. fact for you. The uh, to, to double down on Chrissy's fact, apparently I'm positive I heard that it was vodka, not water, that as well, because it made a better ripple if they used oh. vodka rather than water in the cups. Uh, going on at the same time as the T-Rex attack, uh, and kind of wee bit, it's not just one scene string together, Dennis's run uh, in his van or his Jeep <laughs> is a high point. I very much let... From... I cannot 
ever, I will never ever forget and stop using. Ah ah ah! You didn't say the magic word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that, that stuck with me for 20, 30, 30 years now, isn't it? Thirty years that uh, him hitting like the signpost and it, the arrow going both ways, not sure which way he's going, and then obviously the culmination with the Dilophosaurus, I believe it was, with the. Which fun fact? Dilophosaurus is do not have venom and do not have them. F- Fins that come out. <laughs> completely fabricated, is it? Yeah. Correct. The name is <laughs> but, right, uh, but that dinosaur does not have any of those traits. It is a dinosaur, but it doesn't look like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I very much enjoyed that. And it's, it, he has, it's pretty much it's the the third, like the, I would say the tertiary uh, storyline in the film is Dennis, because he's kind of. There's a, a brief ten minute period where all the, the all the films direct uh, d- uh, intersect where and then Dennis before that had been separate and after that is separate but it's just a little period in the middle of the film uh, where the storm the kids the the scientists and Dennis's plan all come together and then they all go off in different directions again. Which but yeah, oh, yeah. Dennis's run is amazing. So I'm sure just talking about the dinosaur uh, the T Rex scene for years. I when the uh... Muldoon and Ellie say, I think this was Gennaro. I generally thought they were talking about the T-Rex. <laughs> saying, oh, I think this was the T-Rex Gennaro that did all this. I didn't realize <laughs> they were talking about the lawyers. Lawyer. Yeah. I still have him written as lawyer in all my notes. Yeah. The names aren't driven home no. too well in this film. There's about two or three of them I know. But, <laughs> but like to go on to your point with that that um, thing he's seen with like, the, the, the Lyphosaurus or whatever it is, that's like the first like time where I'm starting to go, these sets are amazing. Like they have built mm. practical sets on each thing, but that one just works because his car's there. You see him crawling down. He's climbing up the set. It's not like CGI. It's not cut away. They did yeah. that, and it's like yeah. a, a lot. You know, I love a practical set. You do. You mentioned that I think every podcast now. Exactly. Yeah. So, but that 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 one scene literally does drive this home. It's got your dinosaurs. It's in the dark. It's pissing it down. There's like a waterfall. There's a car. It's, it's got it all. I imagine it makes it easier to CGI everything when it's dark, but having the rain must make it even harder to yeah. put all these things that aren't actually there in. So yeah, they made their job a bit more harder for themselves. Uh, my high point's kind of slow down here, so I've only really got a couple more after that. My next one is the electric fence. Oh, I love that scene. scene. That scene <laughs> is tension. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I love that. And then, gonna, I've got like, a little bit of a low point. Is Timmy literally could have crawled through one of the gaps at the bottom yeah. and he was safe <laughs> maybe even legs to a point yeah probably yeah. or even like ha- eh, not Hammond eh, Grant should have stuck with Timmy the entire <laughs> way instead of just like oh fuck you I'm just going to save myself here <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly I'll go first yeah uh, that's and it, like one of my few low points but... we're not in low points yet not a low point I know well, I've got one left so before we get to that anyone else got any others they want to rattle through uh, yeah. kitchen raptor scene that's my last high point. There we go. <laughs> I, I think it's the first proper look at the raptors because you only see like little bits of them, but this time they come through and you just see that like they're just awesome. See, I actually like, like the build up to the raptors, like uh, what do you call them, raptor dude, raptor hunters, well, I like call them. Hi, well, him well, all the way through. It's like straight away, like these raptors are dicks, and then he's like, oh, he's <laughs> he's always like every single time I watch this film, I, like, I don't care what you're saying. I just want to see a raptor. Stop banging on about the raptors. But, but all the way through, it's like, wait there. He said they were smart. They work in packs. And then finally, every single thing he said comes to fruition in that kitchen. It's I like remember, crafty. I always thought, you're an absolute idiot. How did you get caught out by the raptors from the exact plan that you were talking about? But this time, I was like, oh no, it's actually Sam Neill that talks about the... 
He's got the every time I ever watch this, I'm yeah. like, Muldoon's an absolute idiot. He knows exactly how these things hunt, and that's how they get them. But I realized, ah, oh, actually, that, that, that's some of the other points yeah. which you just touched on. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's uh, supposed to be some like raptor expert, and he gets fucking caught out. He's not though. He's, he's, he's not. a big well, game. Yeah. He's like a safari wildlife expert who they thought you're the best man to do this, but he doesn't actually know about dinosaurs, whereas Alan Grant does. And you can't tell them this is what they do. So uh, actually, I feel bad for him in the end with his clever girl. Uh, yeah, and I, basically the raptors and the kids having the shining in the kitchen. Uh, Absolutely amazing. <laughs> like, but, uh, uh, my, my final high point is that scene. My hero, it's the same T-Rex. <laughs> like, that last roar gives you goosebumps. The, the baby face turn of the T-Rex at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Where he comes. That's why he can't be best villain. Is he turns good by saving them from the raptors at the end. I tell you, a high yeah, point that's not actually related to this film either. Well, it is, but it's not about the film itself. The Jurassic Park ride in Florida. It's, I think it's now officially shut down, <laughs> but it is like doing the film. It is the best ride I've ever been in my life. It's got a T Rex. <laughs> it's got raptors. It's got practical effects. It is it's mind blowing. It feels like you're getting chased by raptors in a T Rex, and. <laughs> Like, there you go. Yeah, I just have to give it a high point. You can probably find it on YouTube. Imagine if it doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> uh, we better get on then. Low points before we run out of all the time we've got on the podcast. Uh, okay, my first low point: the premise for getting the main characters to the island in the first place. So someone gets killed, and then the, the insurance company will back off if there are two experts on the island. One of which is Alan Grant, which I'm like, all right, well, he he's, he digs up dinosaur bones, not actually necessarily an expert on how they behave. And then Dr. Ian Malcolm, the mathematician slash chaotician. <laughs> like, that one confuses me as well. What? Like, how is he an expert on dinosaurs? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Chaos theory, like, he's good at it. He's good at it, yeah, well, you know, about chaos. Dinosaurs are chaotic. It's like, yep. that's probably a bad sign for making a park somewhere around them then. <laughs> It's like, uh, yeah, the actual premise for getting the, the team together. If it had just been, oh, we have to open soon, but let's get some proper experts to come and have a look at the park, would have been better. But for there to be a, oh, we need this to happen. Mine is how fast is John Hammond? Because you see that helicopter land and Dr. Grant and thingy running and go, no, no, no. And they're like, maybe about 30 seconds away from the helicopter. Ah, yeah. To, to which the then they get there and the pilot's just already pointing. So he, this old geezer's got out, yeah. walked at least five, ten like like meters into the fucking little sh- um, RV, yeah. and it's just like, how did you get out there so fast? And a guy dressed all in white with a massive white beard. Did not see him coming out of the helicopter? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like they would have seen him. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, has anyone got any? low points that aren't the massive issue you have with the T-Rex scene. Uh, well, it's not really a low point. It's like, how bad must Nedge's money problems actually be for him? Because, I generally, I think Hammond must have, must have paid a decent wage. Since no, see, I, I'm actually, no, I'm, I'm, I'm with Ned here. Right. The guy is right. He's automated an entire park, which seems to be running on a skeleton crew with him and Samuel Jackson. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, basically. He's automated it. He seems to have made the entire systems and everything like that. And he's asking for a little bit of a pay rise. Now, I don't know his financial issues. Hammond quite clearly doesn't want to even ask of his financial issues. But the guys went, maybe I should, like, you know, and Ned says it himself. He underbid for the job. So he's got the job. He's done all this. But then, like, surely you go, actually, you did a really good job here. Here's some money. Like, he's automated everything. 
And then if he turns around and says no, the first thing I'm doing is nicking your dinosaurs and selling it to the highest bidder, because I would 100% do that. This is, <laughs> this is definitely delivered on my recast. Oh, that makes exactly. Right. I still think Dennis, as my perception is he has no money problems. He is just greedy as... He signed up for this, and he's found a way to make quite a lot of money by the sounds of it. Like he was getting offered like literal briefcases of cash uh, to do it. So I think he just wanted some extra money out of it, and he had it in. So, yeah, I don't know if this is your major issue with this T-Rex scene, but I'll give you what I've written down. <laughs> There's a three-foot wall on one side of the T-Rex cage, and a huge drop on the other side of the T-Rex. Yet we can see the goat when it's being fed to the T-Rex, the T-Rex can knock a car off the edge of it, despite the fact there's like a three-foot-high wall there that wasn't there before. And also, why is there a toilet outside the T-Rex enclosure? All of that is correct. Because, <laughs> yeah. But to add to the point is where the car goes down is exactly the same point as the T-Rex walks through, which is like a hundred-foot drop. Yeah. And then you have... than the T-Rex. Yes. Yep. So, yeah, and, and like I said, the goat was there. T-Rex was there. Same hole. Cars away down there. So that is like the biggest movie mistake in cinema history. Plus, then you're right, they've got the wall which magically got up and over because the T Rex yeah, seems to have just picked it, then pushed it over. And then, like, it's, it's a continuing low point through this film is one, why is there a toilet right next to the T Rex paddock? Because that seems like a bit of an issue. Obviously, you gotta go. You gotta go. But no, because like the, those cars were like the door locks were broken, which they said early doors, which makes sense why they get it out. Yeah. So, but if the passenger, what do you do if you're in the car and suddenly, like, I don't know how long the tour is, like half an hour, two hours, whatever. What do you do? Wave at the camera, going, "I need a shit, right? They need a shit. Stop at the T Rex paddock. <laughs> There's a toilet there. Yeah, it doesn't exactly. make sense. It does it not make sense." Which, Last which thing, I, I thought it might be for staff, yeah, but it, it seemed like it was too well branded. Yeah, I mean, if, you do not was, brand it up, and then the same, the same with wherever um, thingy was going, Ned with these uh, thing, like he's going all these back roads and stuff like that, and these tiny little signs, it's just like they're like they're branded up, they're tiny, like surely you'd have a better one way, like a road system or a one way system, yeah. and it must have quite clearly went through one of the paddocks or that little thing managed to get out the paddock. Yeah, because I had to open a gate at one point. It's like, why would you even go yeah. that way? Like, I know sure. it's this 18-minute run to get to the boat. Is sure, it, surely any I'm... runs or pathways you wouldn't make go through a dinosaur paddock. Now, I have <laughs> learned that by playing the Jurassic um, World game. <laughs> yeah. That and raptors are sticks and they will always break out of their pens <laughs> yeah. every single time without fail. I was thinking, actually, I just thought of this now. If uh, Tim can survive a 10,000-volt shock, that T-Rex, nothing's stopping that thing getting through that gate. Yep. He, even with the power on, it'll just burst through it. Even yeah, if okay. each one of them is its own separate current, and it gets all, like, all 20 fence bits. Bruce will know about this, right? Bruce will get this analogy. There's a difference yeah. between getting zapped and surviving than getting a little static shock and hitting your nipple. It's annoying, and you don't want it to happen. <laughs> I'm not sure why I'm an expert on that. Because <laughs> you, you used to pick up all our perspex, which was always... Ah, yes, yes, I did, yeah. <laughs> you know it's going to happen, and you don't want it to happen, but getting a little static shock, if you could avoid it, you're not going to. So if you touch that fence yeah. once, you're like, I'm not touching that. I've I'm got a good in here. Goats randomly come up. I'm eating a goat. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting the free goat once a day, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've only got one more low point, which I'll hit, because it's not a major thing, uh, which is... 
the first time I felt the, the CGI was pretty, ugh, but it was when the the herd of things runs at them and they hide behind the log out in the the field. Um, and at that again, I'm not particularly sure why that scene really is there, like, unless they were. Oh, I feel like this bit of the film's suffering from a lack of dinosaurs. Ah, throw a herd of this random one out and we can do that. But again, it's just the T-Rex comes at the end, eats one of them, and they kind of hide. And again, they hide behind the log, <laughs> log and they're like, stay low. And like behind them is just open plane. <laughs> if that T-Rex gets alerted by movement, which is an issue we've, we've dodged with the previous scene, uh, it's going to see them. Like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm going to get another goat <laughs> as a human being. But it's, uh, yeah. So that scene is my, my last low point. I've nothing else more to slag off other than that. My next bone is um, Dr. Grant's insistence that if you don't move, a T-Rex won't see you. Like, yeah. How would he ever in a million years know that? Like, maybe he's got like a blind spot because his eyes are kind of <laughs> inside his head. But all yeah. it has to do is go like that. He goes, oh, I can see you now. And as he said, that it has zero sense of smell. As well. Yeah. Like, absolutely but no. It, you had it sniffing. Yeah, and it's like, it's sniffing these things. Yep, that's not edible. <laughs> like, uh, uh, how does it not tell? <laughs> yeah, the goat. The goat maybe just is tied to where it is and barely moves. And it's like, oh, uh, that's lunch. And goes, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not but, sure. Again, I don't know if it's true or false. It might be true. That's what the I've got. I've got a last little point. If I was paying, like that greedy lawyer said, like thousands of pounds and whatever, I don't want to go to a place and get some sea bass. That food <laughs> looked shit. It looks nice, but no, it did not. It looked awful. Oh, Bruce froze. Yeah. Hey, he's back. Oh, did I have I frozen? Yeah, there was no... Oh, like, that was the pound of shredded carrot on top. That was my, yeah. was my issue. Like, here's the sea boof, orange on top of it. But when, when, I, when I'm thinking, right, Jurassic Park, I don't know if it's because the film's put it in my head or whatever, I'm thinking, I'm going to a place like Jurassic Park, I'm thinking Flintstones, I'm thinking big ribs, big juicy burgers, <laughs> like, pro, like, I don't want a tiny little sea bass. I want I want some T Rex leg. Yeah, you want like meat made up to be like dinosaurs. Yes, that's what I'm on. Oh, turkey dinosaurs. That's what they should serve. Yeah, but <laughs> no, I don't want some sea bass. I don't want to see fucking underwater dinosaurs. Bullshit. Uh, any final low points from you, Chris? Uh, I've got a couple. Like uh, it's near it's near the end when um, Grant's shooting at the dinosaurs through the window, and Gra- um, Hammond screams at him not to shoot. It's like they're coming to kill your grandkids. Just. Yeah. Like, don't be a dick. He's no. killing his babies, though, no because he, he, the dinosaurs are his babies. Ah, he bonded with them all, yeah. Uh, uh, one final one is how the T-Rex managed to sneak up on everybody in that last point and nobody it's, noticed it. It's very it does seem to tip after the first scene where it's prominent. It's like They think raptors are smart. The T-Rex knows. It's like, wait there, if I roar and stomp around, people know I'm coming. If I sneak up on them, I'm getting some dinner here. I always eat at that point. Okay, okay then, better crack on with point four. Point four is, it's been so long since we started this podcast. Point four of ten is stats. Four shits. I had not realised how sweary uh, Laura Dern is in this film. When the car is driving away, she just rattles off three shits one after another. Uh, and then the big pile of shit that Jeff Goldblum spots is the other one. So I thought he said that twice. Well, he says that's one big pile of shit. goes, and that's another. I must be thinking of something else. Maybe. Uh, no F-bombs. Uh, in the film, are there no explosions? I I can't remember seeing any. I didn't count them. Obviously, I didn't see nah. any. I'm like, 
you'd have thought something ever exploded, but seemingly the yeah, no one ever did anything that exploded anything. And five deaths, which is actually quite funny when you think about it. There's this carnage of dinosaurs. But they're all pretty much it's the guy at the beginning and then it's the the characters on in the film that don't survive. It was I'm stupid, but like there's only four other people that die. Uh, our quotas. Yes, there was a cow. Yes, there was a goat. They both got fed to dinosaurs when they both died. <laughs> so uh, there we go. Uh, was there any peeing? The lawyer on the toilet was definitely doing number well, one or number two. And then Tim, when he's in the car, he definitely did more than just throw up. Like, I know yeah. like, the thing wasn't... I won't tell anyone you threw up. He's definitely peed those pants as well, I think. Uh, no pedos, no devils, no Nazis, nothing like that. I counted 54 dinosaurs. In this oh, I'm glad you did that, because I counted 20, and I remember the Gallimina scene. I was like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, there's not as many as you think. There's only the only two scenes that have numerous dinosaurs in them, so 54. Uh, and then did they say the thing? Did they say Jurassic Park? Kite? Oh, yeah. I think they only say it three times. It's everywhere, obviously. Everything says, even like on the sign to the tour and all that says. It takes 21 minutes for John Hammond to say, Welcome to Jurassic Park, the, the trailer ready. He said the thing. But yeah, I think it's only said three times in the film. Uh, Chris, any stats from you? Uh, yeah, apart from the dinosaurs, I counted. Uh, John Hammond liked to say, I was spared no expense, and he says it five times. Hey. <laughs> Apart from that, that's all counted. And Andy, a most pornographic scene? T Rex. <laughs> right, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. That one. <laughs> uh, okay, on to point five the 10 point podcast quiz. Andy is our quiz master for a right. quiz. Who wants to go first? There's an easy set of questions and a hard set of questions. I think I went first last time, so I normally yeah, I'll go, go first, so this will be the hard ones. Right, Chris, we'll rattle through as many of these as we can until I get bored and or there's a clear winner. How many of... I'm drunk, by the way. <laughs> How many miles west of Costa Rica is the Isle of Nubla? Uh, 112. No, Bruce. 154. No, it was 120. Oh, split the middle. Bruce. What is the first species of dinosaur we see in Jurassic Park? We see or they see? We see. We see. I don't think we see the raptor, so I'm going to go Brachiosaurus. No, it was a raptor. You actually see a full kind of picture of raptor. (laughs) Nope, you don't get it. Do we see, do we see it? I I thought it was just like... You see he's like those heads, which is enough of a raptor. Chris. Where do we first see Dr. Grant? Uh, face down in the mud, digging up. Uh, no, he stands up to get his uh, thing tied on his neck. No, where? Oh, where? Uh, Montana. No. The, the Badlands. Yes. <laughs> Chris is Montana. It does say the Badlands. So it's just the Badlands. They say that he is in Montana, and then yep. when they cut to him, it says the Badlands. Yep. Bruce got it. <laughs> Bruce! Oh, you got a fucking passed over. <laughs> the raptor passed over. Well, Bruce, <laughs> what brand of champagne does Hammond serve in the camper van? Oh, pass. No idea. I couldn't even guess. Oh, he passed right, it, Bruce. Oh, yes, As he passed over, my life passed <laughs> uh, All I know is it's moat. Yep, that is the brand. That is the correct answer, Chris. I thought there was like a big logger name in the thing. Is it Moe? Is that what you would call it? Yeah, I'll give him it. uh, Chris, which jeep does the team ride? Does the team ride um, when they leave the helicopter? What's the number? So I, Dr. Grant. Uh, I don't know, 118? No, it's not 118, Bruce. 
Five. Not five. It was 18. Oh. <laughs> Bruce, your question. What Jeep does Hammond and the lawyer ride in? Number. Uh, 17. No. Chris. 15. No, it was 29. Oh. <laughs> uh, Chris. <laughs> How many eggs are in the nursery when the Velociraptor hatches? Oh, fuck, I knew she'd this. Um, seven. No, Chris. I was going to say eight. No, it was nine. Nine. Oh. <laughs> uh, Bruce, what colour is the cow that gets hoisted into the raptor pen? Black? It is black. Yes, it is a black. Okay. Chris, what is the first dinosaur they see on the tour? Brachiosaurus. No. Bruce. Oh, no, fuck, that's not the tour, is it? The T-Rex? No, it's the Dilaposaurus. It's no, what they were meant. It was meant to be, but it was the first dinosaur on the tour. I had to sign up saying Dilaposaurus. The first dinosaur they saw on the tour was the T-Rex. I'm sorry. Which they were meant to see. <laughs> oh, was it the Triceratops? No. Oh, I tell you, it was the Triceratops. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Anyway. I was out on the tour. <laughs> what's, what's, the, what's the scores? Uh, two one to me. Right, okay. Can I do a couple more? Uh, is it Chris? Yeah. Which plant does... No, I've got Brachiosaurus. It's Bruce. Chris, oh, which plant does Ellie think is harming the ill triceratops? Oh, uh, Gilderberries or something. Like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Chris. West Indian lilac. Yes, it is. Jesus, he brought it back. Right, oh, it Chris. has one like that every every episode. <laughs> Chris, where is Dennis heading to when he left the office with the canister of DNA? What? what? When he's leaving the office with the canister of DNA? Yeah, where where is he heading? Send to a boat. No. Is it the dock? Uh, I need more than the dock, Bruce. The west dock? <laughs> it was the east dock. East. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple more. Who's who's next? Because it's one one uh, still. Bruce. To start, yeah. Right, Bruce. How many volts of electricity is running through the T Rex pen? Is it ten thousand? It is ten thousand. Yeah. Chris. What was Hammond's, Hammond's first attraction? A uh, flea circus. It is a flea circus. Bruce, which dinosaur sneezes? Hmm. <laughs> His face is perked up. Hmm. Dinosaur sneezes. Triceratops. No, Chris. Brachiosaurus. Brachiosaurus. Damn it. Okay, and this is it's one one s one two one to Chris. So three all. Is it three all? Four, four three, and we have had an even number of questions. I think. All right. So. Okay. So whoever gets the next question wins. <laughs> right. And, it, yeah. and it's a it's a visual question for the YouTube listeners. It's a it's a one off one. Okay. I want each of you. You've got ten seconds to uh-huh. recreate. The jelly scene. All right. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. I posing. I know you are. I was just giving you a countdown to see if anybody thought of something better. Bruce, Bruce wins. Yeah. Because he looked more encouraging. All, all you really had to Although do was somebody. I was stopped. I was like shaking my hand and this just wasn't shaking. Somebody just had to go and uh-huh. get a spoon and then they would have won. But yeah, Bruce wins automatically. Uh-huh. Yeah, does that look like a spoon? That, 
Yeah, that would have won. <laughs> yeah, good quiz. Thank three you three, po- three points for Bruce in the end there. Well, three extra yeah. points. Point six on the podcast says movies within movies. Uh, I've got my usual parodies and references and stuff. The first shot is basically the same first shot as Terminator with the 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 way the digger comes in is oh, right, yeah. the same as the bin lorry does in Terminator. King Kong is mentioned. Pirates of the Caribbean is mentioned before it's a film, so I thought that in. <laughs> uh, there's a couple of direction shots. The way Spielberg shoots things is the same as Cycle, uh, specifically when Dennis drops his stuff in the mud is the same shot as at the end of Cycle. One million years BC is referenced, obviously with it being kind of similar things. Apparently the vibrating cup with the water in it is taken from a film called The China Syndrome where they had something similar with a, the shot of a cup with the water vibrating in it. Uh, the Shining from the Raptors chasing the kids around in the uh, in the kitchen. I've got Return of the Jedi I, I haven't verified this but apparently the way the T-Rex reacts when it eats, I think it's the goat or maybe it's the lawyer is the same as the Rancor does when it eats uh, the, right, the yeah. guy in Return of the Jedi exactly the same movements. And this one is something I was not aware of, but apparently it's very famous. This film references the Goonies. Do you guys, are you aware of how this film references the Goonies? No. Every outfit, there are three of them, that Dennis wears in this film is an outfit that uh, has a Goonies. Ah, Chunk, and yep, yep. So it's a yep. Hawaiian shirt like Chunk, a kind of grey yep. windbreaker like mouth, and then the yellow wrinkle is yep. what Mikey wears in the Goonies. <laughs> My mind is blown. I know. Oh my god! There's like photographs that everyone lines them all up. There's hundreds of them, but yeah. Uh, And for never not good, it may be dinosaurs, but I've just gone for giant monster eats a human. Is never not good. I always enjoy when there's a hump and he's a person. Uh, Chris, the ten point podcast universe. There's quite a few again for this one. I nearly missed this one straight off the bat. Jeff Goldblum. I (laughs) forgot he was in the Hotel Artemis for all of a minute. Um, again this one nearly slipped through Uh, Ariana Richards was was a little girl in Tremors I missed that, I would absolutely have missed that Uh, Samuel Jackson uh, he's Arnold one arm in this he's, I thought he was going to be in more films but he's only been in Triple X as Agent Gibbons with a scar to the side of his face and he was uh, in Django Unchanged Unchained as Stephen Stephen we've not mentioned really Samuel Jackson why is he in this film? Like, he seems way too overqualified for the role he has. Nah. Like, he's just good to... and great, but, like, they could have had anybody play play that role. Uh, um, more... Yeah, this is a, a name I, I, I don't recognise, but I recognise the guy. Miguel Sandoval. He's a very recognisable face. Amber guy. Yeah. Um, he is the Bart Entertainment supervisor from the best movie ever, Howard the Duck. <laughs> Speaking of which, Richard Kiley, the tour guide voice, he was Cosmos from Howard the Duck. He did the ah, voice. I knew I recognised the name, mm-hmm. but I couldn't find out, I couldn't find any cross-reference with him. That's weird. And uh, this guy only came up a couple of weeks ago. Robert Bobby Z. Bobby Z, yeah. <laughs> uh, helicopter, he plays a helicopter pilot in absolutely everything <laughs> yes. that he's in. He was the pilot uh, at the end of Cable Guy. His new friend. The, the go-to Hollywood helicopter dude, I yeah. think. It must be all Bobby Z. Yeah. And that's, you've hit everything I had. I, I missed uh, your narrator there. Uh, have you recast this, Chris? I know you have. Cause you've oh, I've, and he recast himself. He put himself as Nedry. I, I took him purely that. because I think he's already he said before, I'm so unappreciated in my time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Andy all Nedry, the time. He's, the, the very Andy line. He there. would screw everybody over for money. Yep. Um, I put myself as Dr. Grant just because I like dinosaurs so much. And I don't know why I just put you as Muldoon. 
Ah, okay, I'll take Muldoon. I put myself as uh, Jeff Goldblum just because I didn't really know what to do. To be honest. <laughs> I feel like a bit of chaos at times. Uh, but yeah, I, I agree with your other two are spot on. I, again, we've not really hit on Goldblum too much. He's in a different film to everybody else, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> really. I for one reason, he's trying to pump Ellie. I don't, but it's like, he, wasn't, he didn't go there because he was going to be there. He finds her, but I feel like... I, he it totally. I don't know why that character is never mentioned. It. It's the scene of them two in the car talking. He goes, "Oh, so is uh, Ellie available?" And like, yeah, uh, Grabs is like, "Is she fuck?" Yeah. The, thing, <laughs> the thing is, like, in, in like, I know people hate the second one. He is amazing in the second film. He's amazing in the voices, the games. He's like, he's he yeah. makes Jurassic Park. But you're right. Yeah. In this film, he is. He doesn't seem like he wants to be there. He's yeah, it's yeah. weird. Like the helicopter, the first helicopter scene was just making weird noises in the hel- before. The <laughs> oh, yeah. it's like what? What are you going for, Jeff? I'm not sure. <laughs> but it's memorable. Like I'll take yeah. it. But, oh, weird. Uh, Andy, have you done any recasting? No. Like this film, like I, I, you could like I would say Chris Pratt is obvious because he's now in it. But yeah, I can't imagine anybody else being anything else, and I don't think I want to see anything else. Like it is what it is. Anybody else I'd recast it would make it Odin. That's the thing, Anthony Hopkins did a Richard Attenborough. Uh, yeah, maybe. he could have done something like that, but yeah, it wouldn't add anything to it. I could I couldn't make this film funnier or weirder. or no. it stays what it is. No. The kids aren't even annoying. Like no. you can't even be like, oh get it. So and so, yeah, perfect. I can't you can't recast it. Take the T Rex to the Rock and make Kevin Hart grant and they're chasing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Point seven then, Chris's would you rather? Chris, have you got a hypothetical choice? Uh, well, yeah. So, would you rather that the dinosaurs were real and just kind of roaming around, or that aliens were real, or a kind of living amongst them like Star Wars, like dinosaurs? Because aliens would probe me, and I don't want to be probed. <laughs> so you don't mean aliens like in aliens? You mean just no? Like, I mean just like uh, it's Star Wars. You just you go to a planet and you're just walking amongst each other. I'd I probably that... go for the. I'd, I'd go for the Star Wars style rather than this. I see. I wouldn't. I think the dating game would be too weird. Like you never know where the hole is. <laughs> like if you all for the shop, we don't understand yeah. the language. Whereas dinosaurs are like, yeah, they're over there. I feel like we can control the dinosaurs. We just put them in a pen, right? You're over there. Aliens would so, want. They? Aliens would <laughs> want rights. They would want benefits. Like no, I don't want any illegal aliens. Get them out. <laughs> I would go for the dinosaurs myself, like mostly because I just want like tame a T Rex and just ride right. it along. They're like, "Fuck you, buddy." Not for the same reasons as why I don't want aliens. Then no, <laughs> no. I, th- I think it's, it's. I think human the human race would be wiped out quicker by dinosaurs than it would be if an alien invasion. I think. I think. I think you've made the wrong choice. I think no. you've doomed us all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, on at point eight, our nominations for the Ten Foot Podcast Awards at the end of the season. Uh, anyone want to go first? I've got a couple. I've got a few. They're short and sweet. Right. Biggest bell end, John Hammond. Cause, I disagree with that. No. He he said he spared no expense. One, he didn't pay Dennis the right amount. His security was lackluster. He definitely shouldn't have had a skeleton crew on when he was sending his own grandkids out on tour. He should have had a full <laughs> staff. He, he created dinosaurs. There's, there's a lot of arguments. And then... He was eating ice cream when his grandkids fucked off. That's the last time you eat ice cream. He is the I'm biggest, not... he is the villain. 
I'm nominating him for worst father figure, Hammond. I know he's like a grandfather figure. Yeah. But his treatment of his, it's like pretty much just using his kids as like test subjects. Yep. Or his yeah. grandkids is but, not but a good he, way to go. He is the villain through close, and through. For Gennaro, for ditching the kids, he was a close second to my uh, Nedry. Yeah, good point. Yeah. yeah Nedry, I don't know. Nedry probably is the best best villain, maybe? He's not a villain. I best villain. Nope. No, I'm, I'm not agreeing with that. John Hammond. He's the hero. He's the hero in your story, Andy. I think <laughs> he is. One, he was he, he was like trying to get the DNA off so that probably better scientists are willing to spend good money on like stealing shit, so they're going to do this properly. They, they've probably got better pens, which we later find out. That, that other yeah. company would be like, I just gave that guy however much money and he's fucking died. I'm not going to see that money again. I'm not even going to get the dinosaurs. It's a waste <laughs> of investment. Yeah. They didn't know yeah. that at the time. But yeah, anyway... Uh, Best entrance, anytime you can pick one of them. Anytime the T Rex turns up, whether it be plowing through a toilet, eating a guy, coming through a fence, attacking cars, chasing after yeah. a car, or eating a raptor. Any one of those, just T Rex as the master of entrances. There's no yeah. film where a, where a character has appeared better <laughs> every every time. Nailed and it. He's got the sneaky sneaky. He's got the sneaky ah, sneaky. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's pretty much where my ones are because you guys are gonna hit everything else. All right, on, on you go, Chris. Uh, my Michael Pena was a Grant's raptor story to scare the kids. See, I went for Mr. DNA, but I'm happy to go with Grant's <laughs> story. It was more of a Michael Pena than Mr. DNA uh, was. Speaking of kids, uh, normally that kid for the most annoying kid. Oh, yeah, he would have been. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, why was he there? I know. Yeah, why was he there? <laughs> just be an irritating like, cunt. You just scared my kid. You just punched Grant in the face. Uh, my best inanimate object was the, the shaving cream with the embryos thing. Ah, so I put the jeeps, but I think yeah, I think oh, yeah. Got, just I went, I went for the night vision goggles because I've always wanted a pair. <laughs> oh, I forgot about them. Ah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to concede that. All right, okay, a three-way tie. We'll go the goggles then. Yeah. Um, best song. It's a massive park. It's a massive <laughs> park. It's a Jurassic <laughs> Park. Um, well, I've already known my biggest bail end. Um, my best death is Gennaro in the toilet. Yeah, it has to be. Yep. Yeah. Uh, my worst plan. As when the power goes out, Gennaro just runs, and Doctor Grant and Ian do nothing. They just yeah. sit there and leave the kids to essentially yeah. nearly get killed by a T Rex. Why wouldn't you all get together? Like, why would as soon oh, as some... it stopped, it's just all went and huddled together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Remember, like, huddled, like... I, I think is it Malcolm? It's like kids get scared, doesn't it? He's like kids yeah. get scared. It's like, but well, you're not doing anything about it either. Are you? <laughs> I was bit, actually, I was like, uh, maybe the kids are scared. I was like, I'm not scared. I never said you were scared. Well, I'm just saying I'm not scared. <laughs> I don't know if I, I haven't nominated it for best for worst plan. I don't know if I have a worst plan, but uh, Alan Grant getting the flare, attracting the dinosaur's attention, and then throwing it away for the towards <laughs> Malcolm. Yeah. Oh, I've got one as well. Chase me down here. It was leaving. Why did you do that? I, th- I think he did it because he thought I, I'm in this film. I want to be part of this film. Jeff yeah. Goldblum needs some time. <laughs> I reckon Bob. that was an outtake, and he just kept yeah, it in. Improv. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. He refused to do it any other way. <laughs> Take uh, it to the end, sorry, Jeff. No, I'm doing it, player. Follow me. He actually got hurt because you two just collapsed in him. Uh, I went for my best plan is Lexi's reflection trick. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. That wasn't a plan, no. That was an accident. That was a happy accident. Oh, oh, she, she did it on purpose. She was like fiddling with it. Yeah. The way she got out after it bonged its head, definitely she was planning on that, yeah. I reckon um, I could punch a raptor in the face though, because like I don't like if I see a raptor coming at me, I'd be like no. If it kept coming, I'd be like right no. If it just got, I'd just pop it in the fucking face. That's <laughs> what. Yeah, piss off. 
Uh, this gets me every time. The biggest jump scare is when Ellie switches on the power and the raptor comes up behind her. <laughs> yeah. Forget about it. Does yeah. it twice. Yeah. It gets me every time. And my best quote is Clever Girl. Oh no, my best line was that's a big pile of shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I always uh, like Clever Girl because I always use it just like uh, Clever Girl. Yeah. yeah. Uh, best animal apparently is the award we have. As the T Rex counts, I'm nominating it. Yep. Uh, I've gone for best supporting Jeff Goldblum just because I just enjoyed what he was doing. I'm not sure I can't why. nominate a best actor because everybody was good. Yeah, everyone, everyone's fine. Their job isn't to overshadow the dinosaurs, really. Yeah. So everyone's yeah. kind of normal, whereas Jeff Goldblum had enjoyed his chaos that he was bringing. Uh, best sets, I've already mentioned it, most of the park, oh, yeah. I would say. Best special effects has to be dinosaurs on, say, T-Rex, if you want. Uh, best plan, ah, that's what I had. I had the raptors getting Muldoon was the best plan because they were actually oh, yeah, planned. Oh yeah, That was a plan. Uh, best score or something that hangs around, I'll nominate it for that. And I think that's me. Worst special effects that herd of dinosaurs chasing them. I think that's me. Stupidest character, the lawyer. Nobody heard from stupidest character. Just it run, seems like running a whole away. thing that you've built the park, you've put all that money in, and then the lawyer's like, "Oh, we're not going to give you insurance." It's yeah, like, I don't yeah, need insurance. Yeah. I've got fucking dinosaurs, mate. Fuck you. Just the, the guy, the Amber guy, he's like, Hammond hates inspection. I was like, well, that's probably why his parks fail. <laughs> exactly. Like, yeah. not been inspected. Yep. <laughs> right, they're on to point nine. The moral of the story, what we thought the lesson we were supposed to learn from Jurassic Park was. Uh, uh, oh, mine. Mine's not, I, I thought too long and came up with nothing for my one. Properties, proper security checks are essential, is what I think <laughs> from my moral of the story. I think. That's the lesson I learned here. Uh, Chris, what's yours? Uh, mines are dinosaurs are never not awesome. Fair enough. <laughs> never, never not good. Still, still in my gimmicks here. And Andy, what's your, uh, what's your life finds a way. Life <laughs> finds a way. There, we go. That's, that is the moral story. <laughs> ah, there we go. Nailed it. Point ten is the ten point rating where we rate the movie out of ten. Andy, you go first because you picked it. Yeah, so this is a film I like. I genuinely wish I got like the cinema experience of this first time around. Uh, however, I did go and watch it when it was like the twentieth anniversary or whatever, and it. It's a film that just holds up. It doesn't make any sense. It's kind of, I always say The Wizard of Oz doesn't make any sense because that film was filmed in like the 1930s or whatever. And it's like Jurassic Park had the best special effects and still is up there with some of the best special effects. And it's like coming up to like 30 year old. It's, yeah, like, it's insane. Uh, the stories, all the different stories are good. The boring bits are actually good because they make you feel something. It's learning. Uh, it's learning. You appreciate them more now. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but I, I, I like a payoff, and sometimes it just that everything pays off in this film. There's a couple of like uh, bits, but it has a payoff in the end. So this is a, a ten out of ten film. Ten from Andy. Uh, I've got. I went alphabetical, so I'm next. My little blurb I've written uh, underneath where the temporary reading, it just says 10, then the number 10, and then the letter T, the letter E, and the letter N is what I've got written. So I, you can't improve on this. They try oh. to and they haven't. Like yeah. this is a blockbuster. This whatever Jaws was to the nineteen seventies, this was to the nineteen nineties times a million. Like it's incredible. Everything Addy said is right. Uh, nothing is done wrong, and it created a franchise without trying to create a franchise. As in, it it is a film. It exists as itself in a film, uh, and that's all I ask for. So it's definitely a ten for me as well. Chris, no pressure. It. Podcast's over. We found a perfect ten film. What? I, as well. it is, I absolutely love this film. It's as close to perfect as you can get. I'm with Chris. Like I like a lot of films, and it's like it's not necessarily like the favorite film. Like I do like Star Wars, but Star Wars has a like lots of flaws. 
yeah. this film as a film for me is just it's it's money it works i could put it on at any stage and go mm. this works it's a good film for a film that's made in 19, like i just said the cgi yeah. and animatronics are immense yeah yeah i love a practical and set and they built a, they built a fucking dinosaur yeah really yeah it's kind of out of time. Like this film could come out now, and it, everyone would be like, "Oh." I think I, if they tried to redo it now, I think it would just get the Star Wars uh, effect. They put little well, things in. Well, the they did. And... They, they did Jurassic World, and some of that CGI does not look as good as this one. <laughs> yeah. Like I love Chris Pratt's and Pratt and all, but some of that CGI does not hold up against this CGI. Well, speaking of that, what well, I do like the fact is it's the same T Rex that has been through this film as in that film because you yep. see all the claw marks. Is <laughs> it's a nice little touch. Yeah, absolutely. Un, undefeatable, I think. You cannot, they can't really. I tried with low points, but you can't really knock it down. Uh, perfect ten. I, I thought, is that the first perfect ten? We've had a that ten. Is the before. first perfect yeah, ten. You fucked Die Hard. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Die Hard. <laughs> and what was Why? the other one? Uh, Andy fucked uh, Forrest Gump by giving it a seven. So. Okay. There we go. So yeah, we, we, we've we've completed it. That's uh, it. With, uh, we can retire on the ten point podcast now. We have found yeah. the perfect film. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the theme was people and he's met. He's already outlined that he's met a couple of people from this. Yeah, Ariana Richards uh, and Sam Neill. Sam Neill. So and, we'll and if you want to meet Ariana Richards again, you can see it on the <laughs> film Comic Con this July. Yeah, uh, and we'll get Andy's final film in four weeks or whenever it is. We look back around again next time. It's me. I'm, that... I don't envy you picking a film now because how do you fall up Jurassic <laughs> well, Park? <laughs> well, what I'm doing is I'm picking a film I've never seen before. Oh, uh, which is always good. Is always it finally Doomsday? It's not Doomsday. Uh-huh. I can officially rule out Doomsday. Doomsday is not coming this season. Uh-huh. Now. So we did a big film of the 1990s. So I'm staying in our sort of area. And I've gone to the 1980s for my one. 1986 is where we're heading. A fantasy action adventure starring oh, Sean, Sean Connery oh. and Christopher Lambert. Oh. It's Highlander, to stick with my Scottish theme. And that, that uh, also fits my theme. <laughs> I have met what? Christopher Lambert That's multiple times. <laughs> this, this series almost, like, literally, we've all picked each other's themes. We have, we've fit in very nicely. Is there anything in Highlander that, that is a futuristic invention that's come through for Chris's? Time travel. Well, coming. Well, <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah, I've never seen Highlander. Uh, you've never seen Highlander? I can't believe you've never seen that. Never seen it. Never seen it. This is pretty much my theme this season has been educating myself on Scottish films. I've not seen the Scottish kind of films. I'll tell you, yeah, it's, loose, it's loosely Scottish, this film. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, me, me and Chris sure. might pick a few holes in this bad boy. <laughs> Sean Connery is carrying a lot of the weight at this point, but I'm sure it is uh, definitely uh, Scottish other stuff as well. Uh, yeah, there can be only one, I believe, is the tagline for Highlander. So... You all have roughly one week, depending on when we record next, uh, to seek out Highlander. And we'll see you next time on the Ten Point Podcast.